Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. Yep, you got it. That equals the big 5-0. Three mamas, three wives, three entrepreneurs who happen to be friends learning the ropes of being 50. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics and experienced guests, we invite you to be a part of aha moments of learning, inspiration, and of course, lots of fun. We're excited to do what girlfriends do best, chat from the heart. Hey, I'm Lori. I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to She's a 10 times 5. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> I love saying Hi, Lisa. that. I love our name. We can tell you enjoy that a lot. I know, it's just fun. It's just fun. It is. Today, we have a great episode and an amazing guest. I know I say that all the time because we do get amazing guests. Every one of them. Every one of them. But today, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. So forgiving others, forgiving ourselves, um, and what that process looks like. Before we get into that topic, we want to talk a little bit about She's a 10. Today, ladies, is our 18th episode. Woohoo! There we go. Yes. Yeah, baby. Sound effects in full effect. <laughs> and it also is the wrap, which means the wrap of our first season. Hoorah. Hoorah. A little military <laughs> for you. Okay, we'll go with that. So... In light of it being at the end of our first season, we wanted to kind of talk about what moving forward looks like. Yes. And as we kind of transition, this has actually been, I mean, this season, you guys, our guests, are you kidding me? We've had amazing guests. We've, it's just so much fun to meet people. And um, there's a little transition that's going to happen in this season. And I'm not happy about it. (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of in light of the whole she's a 10 times five theme. So in my life, personally, I've just had some things come up career wise and just some different things where I have a little bit of a spin I'm going to take. And I'm just going to take more of a back seat on this podcast and watch these two ladies thrive and grow and just build this podcast into something absolutely incredible. The theme that we have of She's a 10 times 5 is so inspiring. And the lineup of guests that we've been talking about, there's just so much positive. So I have to say, this has been such a blast. And I'm excited and to hear you what... you are coming back for special episodes, correct? Correct. And I can hardly wait. Now that I've got this podcast thing down, we know how to do it. We've learned... How much have we learned, you guys, in 18 oh episodes? Goodness. I can't... I can't. And the friendships we've developed. Yes. Insanity. Yes. And we're still learning. We're yes. still learning. Yeah. It, I'm a little worried that it'll be like, without Shannon, it'll be Burning Man podcast <laughs> with just Lisa and I. Where, where's the adult supervision going to come from? We gonna, who's going to wrap it up? I know. Who's going to tie it up? Who's going to tie it up with a bow? Yeah, no, right. it's been amazing. So I'm super, super excited. And it's and I didn't know you two before we started this, right? which is absolutely incredible. I feel like I've known you both for so long and yes. I can I look forward to our continued friendship. So, well, yeah. we thank you very much because yes. you have been a stalwart in the journey and um, set us on the right track. So I appreciate everything you've yes. done. Well, thank you. And I can hardly wait to see where you guys go with this. It's going to be incredible. Thanks. It already is, but even more so. All right. So let's do our next episode. Yes, this is a good one. Okay. I am super duper hyped to inter- <laughs> introduce our guest, who we just had a good chuckle with, yes. because we have Fireball sitting on our recording table and... She was like, what's that? Shame (laughs) on you girls. Um, We are honored to have with us today, Sarah Schulting-Krantz, who is not just adorable. I'm looking at you. You're cute. You're a cutie. (laughs) Is a professional coach, wilderness guide, author, TEDx speaker, executive producer of Walk Through This, a documentary which features uh, in production of her healing journey in nature and a single mom of three amazing boys. I have two amazing boys, so we've got that in common. As a multiple trauma survivor, Sarah coaches individual men and women through their own life-shifting journeys of healing and transformation. And Sarah's got a book. I got mine. Walk through this. Harness the healing power of nature and travel the road to forgiveness. And with that being said, 
Let's dive right into this big, huge topic of forgiveness. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, welcome, Sarah. So let's start. Where do you want to start with your story? Because your story is incredible. So you start us out where kind of all of this began. Mm, I know. Um, yeah, it's I. It's it, there's a lot, obviously, as you all know. First of all, thank you for having me on. You three are amazing. I, I'm loving the fireball. This is, this, is so this is so different than what I've done in the past. I love it. So diving into my story and how I got into doing the work that I am doing today, which by the way, I did not ask for. It was one of those things that became my mission, my purpose, um, something that I knew I was being driven to do. Um, it started at 17 when I experienced my first really big trauma in life. I was raped by somebody that I knew. And I went to the police to press charges and they would not press charges, hmm. um, even though I had to get a restraining order on him. And he tried it, attempted on another woman, one that I know of. I did end up what's really the, the, the main focus of this is also is that I ended up getting pregnant as a result of the rape. And my parents came to me. I was born and raised Catholic. And my parents came to me and said, you know, it's your choice, whatever you decide to do if you want to abort or have this child. And um, I made the decision at 17 to have my son. And then I also made the decision. I took it the next step and I actually chose to keep him and to bring him home and to raise him while I also went to college. I went to the UW Madison, Wisconsin. And that trauma at 17 <laughs> became the birthplace of everything that I am doing today. As wild as that sounds, you know, it was a time when my truth wasn't heard. I wasn't believed. My voice wasn't listened to. Um, I grew up in a very small town of 1,100 people. I think now there's 1,300. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is there I more than one stoplight? We have one stoplight. One okay. stoplight um, that we got much later in my life. And, you know, I think that looking at the time and the place and when it was, um, it was it's just, it, it, it was a different time, right? Like people just didn't, they didn't, they didn't hear, they didn't listen, they didn't respond the way that they should have. They didn't protect and what I did realize back then also is that even though my truth was not listened to and heard, it wasn't stripped of me. It still was a part of me. And I had to believe in something and someone. And the only person that I truly could believe in was myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was taking steps even back then to come into the space that I'm in today at 47. Fast forward, I did raise him and I met my husband, my former husband now, in college and uh, we became best friends. Like we were, he was my, he was my everything. <laughs> and I can say that with a smile. And it's, it's, it's a real sad loss for me in terms of where I'm at in my life, because I, um, I, he really was my best friend. And at the age of 40, my second most huge trauma happened when I found out that he had been betraying me for 14 of our 17 years of marriage with men. And I didn't know any of it. He literally was leading in total double life, which was really tragic for me. Um, and I do have three amazing, amazing, amazing kids that have really blossomed, believe it or not, out of all of this. Um, so forgiveness came through all of my traumas. My healing came because I use nature as my space to go to, to really find clarity and to step into who I am and to People, I think so many people use nature as an escape. They go climb mountains to escape. But for me, it was actually, it took me to, back to who I am and it became, it became my healing. And so <laughs> hence I come out of all of this and now I've written a book. I've stood on a Ted talk stage. We are writing um, or we are working on a documentary right now. It's in post-production and it's become everything. So, wow. Yeah. I know. I don't even know. You know, it's people ask me my story and I'm like, well, I'll tell you my story. It's a big one. And, you know, it's um, it's also important to that we all share our stories. So, OK, Sarah, powerful story. I, one big looming question I have is, is when you came clean with the story and you wrote the book, what was the impact on your children? Revealing two, revealing that. two it's things really about their dad, different dads, right? Um, so here's the thing about my kids. I have always been very, very truthful and honest with my children from day one. So when all of this happened, uh, when I was, my son or my oldest son had already known about, you know, his biological father. My younger two had not. We didn't tell them about that until after all of this explosion at 40. Um, 
But the thing is, is that when I sat down with my kids and, and my husband as well at the time, when we sat down with him, I, I'm very big on truth. Whose truth is it, right? I can speak my truth. It's from my experience. My kids have their own truth their, through their experience. I don't speak my kids' truth. I will never speak my kids' truth, just mm-hmm. like I don't speak my husband's truth. His truth is his truth, right? And so when we sat down and told them everything that was going on, I straight up told my ex or my husband at the time, I said, you need to be the person to share what has been going on with the child appropriate measure, right? Right. right. You don't tell them everything at once. My kids, this was seven years ago. And so they were, my kids today are 29, 19 and 14. So they were very little when this happened. Mm -hmm. I will tell you though, that through all of this, I remember sitting with my children and saying to them, and I wrote this in my book, when my son asked me, my middle son had asked me at one point, is dad going to die? And I told them straight up, I have been lied to, and it's it does not feel good to be on the other side when somebody lies to you. And so I will never lie to you. And we're doing everything we can so that dad does not die, right? And so it, I think it's so important for us as parents to model behavior. And this is the behavior that I wanted to model to them was them being able to speak their truth, but making sure that, that it was theirs in life. Right. Just like, I'm not going to speak anybody else's truth. Were they mine. concerned about death because of the addiction side? Yeah. Cause of the addiction side. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yes. He had multiple addictions and he had relapsed once. And so it was during that relapse that we that we had to dive into that piece and ask, like, can he asked me that? So, okay. That takes us to the process of forgiving. <laughs> yes. Right. So let's tackle this big beast because as we talked about on the phone, that's one of the hardest things to do is to forgive and to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you're all about that. Let's, let's go right into that, you know, given the backstory that we just heard. So forgiveness for me I didn't realize my process of forgiveness at 17 and how I'd already started and learned how to do it until the moment that my ex-husband told me everything. I remember when he told me and literally a few seconds later, moments later, I looked at him and I said, I want a divorce, but I will forgive you someday. And I don't know exactly where that came from within me, except that what I do know what I believe is that it was my subconscious self saying that my 17 year old self saying, we've been here before. We know how to get through this. You don't have to forgive today. You don't have to forgive tomorrow Mm -hmm. because, you know, for so many people, they say, just forgive and move on, just forgive, forget, and move on. I knew though, that that was a process that was going to, that was going to be taking place through this experience that I know is now in with my husband. I think that society looks at forgiveness. We, we say, and actually it says in Webster's dictionary to forgive and forget the process of forgiving and forgetting to pardon. And there is no way in hell that I should ever have to forget what happened to me. I shouldn't have to pardon it. I shouldn't have to excuse it. I shouldn't have to say that it didn't happen because it did. And it affected me greatly. And quite frankly, I could have died because of it. Right. Mm -hmm. My kids could be, you know, my kids, my kids could have landed in such a different space. And my, my children are doing amazing, amazing, amazing things in their lives right now. And so for me, the process of forgiveness is honoring the experiences that we have lived through, the experiences that we are living through right now, and making a, a very resonant choice to look at that person who hurt us most, or to look at society, or even to look within ourselves, if we are self-harming ourselves and saying, I don't want to hold on to this pain anymore. You know, this has been handed to me, but it's not mine to hold any longer. And yes, we have to to feel, to heal anything. We have to feel everything. We have to go through those emotions and we don't have to stay there. And so in the practice of, it's not a one and done, it's a practice. It's a choice every day. In the practice of, of forgiving, it's literally saying, I don't want to hold on to this pain anymore. And I want to welcome freedom and peace. That's it. And through that process, we're not forgetting anything. We're honoring our experiences which is what we should be doing. Do you find that people sometimes hold on to not forgiving or what is the obstacle to not forgiving? I mean, there's got to be a benefit for those who aren't ready to get there. What would you say is the biggest obstacle for them to be open to forgiveness? What are they holding on to or what are they avoiding? So that's actually the question that I would ask them is what are you holding on to and what are you avoiding? And in more times than not, it's avoidance because we hold power in our pain 
We hold power in our anger because I then can look at you and say, you did this to me, right? And that's the remembering. That's the saying, you did this to me. I'm holding you accountable. But here's the thing. They, if somebody really cared, they wouldn't have done that to you in the first place. Absolutely. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's the release of it. That's saying, you know, I can hold you accountable, even if you're not going to hold yourself accountable and how I'm going to actually hold you accountable is saying, I'm not going to stay in the space anymore than I have to. Right. And so I think that that's actually a really good question for all of us to ask ourselves: is what's holding you back from that space. What's holding you back from forgiving. And I will say too, that a lot of people have this feeling like if I forgive, I have to forget. I don't think you have to forget the pain that you went through. Why, why, why? I don't forget the fact somebody asked me earlier, what was the thing that, that struck with you most? And I said, I, the moment, moment that I thought about taking my life on the 405. And I said that me even stating that to you, it takes me back there, but not in a place. It's not a sadness place anymore. It's not a pain place. It's a, I'm honoring the fact that I went through that and I'm on the other side of it, right? I am now in the light of all of that. It's not the darkness. It's not the darkness of the moment. It's the survival side of, wow, I am so far past that. And yeah, I was there at one time. So I don't think you have to forget the pain at all. Nobody's saying erase what you went through or erase the pain that you felt. You've probably gone through some really difficult experiences where you felt a lot of pain and a lot of rage and a lot of sadness. And here's the other thing, though, that I also want to remind you is that's why I say it's a practice because those emotions still come up with me. I never know when I'm going to get triggered. I never know when my husband's right. going to look at my ex-husband is going to look at me in that way that then all of a sudden goes through my body and my PTSD symptoms come back up. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. Right. But that's also in those moments. I now know what to do. I have the tools to ground myself, to go back into my body, to remind myself that I'm safe, to say it's okay you know what, girlfriend, like, it's okay that you are feeling this right now. And in the practice of it, it's a constant choice to also let go of that and to say, okay, I feel it. And now I'm releasing it. And now I'm receiving what I truly want to in life, which is joy and freedom. This is so huge, too, because I think we all automatically think that forgiveness is forgetting like we that's sort of embedded in, in well, it's what a, we, it's a biblical it's right a, it's a tibet tibet you know it's one of their and biblically it's a it's it's the way we've always been thought so the way that you re redefine this sarah is is amazing i mean that is what probably most of your work with your clients and what you do is all about redefining forgiveness yes. well and it's also if i may take it a step further it's about redefining their experiences and it's about redefining even themselves outside of their experiences, right? right? So, so you literally are redefining or transforming your life through the most difficult moments that you've lived through. I mean, we've all had them, mm -hmm. right? And so, and that's mm -hmm. the beauty of living and not just being in a life. Right. Like that's the beauty of it. We're, we're, we're here to feel. We're here to experience. We are here to explore and to love the moments. And so if we can remind ourselves of that too, that's also a part of the practice of it, the part of the, the actual practice of healing. You know, it's, and, and I'll say one more thing real quick, but because I think people, if they've had some really major things happen, even though it's, it's a negative and it's something in their life that was very traumatic, it still keeps them in their comfort zone because they're that victim or that person. Yes. yes. And then right. in order to oh, move through God. this, you have to get out of your comfort zone because you have to redefine who you're going to be beyond this trauma or beyond this event. Can I please go there with you? Yes. Yes. Because... <laughs> Okay. You so just triggered something. Thing, <laughs> <laughs> can I please? So the whole comfort zone thing, we become very comfortable with the things that keep us very uncomfortable. Like we become comfortable with our toxicity. We become comfortable with our pain. We can become comfortable with our traumas. We become comfortable with our trauma bonds, which is also why we keep getting back into them because we know what is unhealthy, mm -hmm. what it can be most freaking uncomfortable for people, especially those who have been traumatized, is to feel love and to feel peace and to feel intimacy and to feel not holding on to the freaking pain. 
we know how to hold things. We know how to carry a shit ton of stuff. Can I swear? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Please. yeah. We know how to carry a shit ton of stuff in our past. Like we do on an everyday basis walking through life. Right. We don't know because we, we've either been not been taught how to, or we've not, we've been, we've been conditioned to do otherwise. We don't know how to walk down life feeling light, mm. right? And mm-hmm. not carrying all the stuff of our past. Right. Because we're told we have to carry the stuff of our past. But we don't have to. It's all choice. And that's the redefining of it, too. That's the redefining of even our healing and what that looks like for us. Yes. And who am I beyond this trauma? Because, yes. you know, that redef. Oh, my gosh, this is so mm-hmm. good. Well, Oh, sorry. It's yeah. okay. I, I, I was going to take it one step further. I, do you find that, I mean, I can, the anger that sometimes comes with that is also empowering for people. Oh, when yeah. they're in that space, they're powered by their pain in an angry way. And then that is, that's their persona. And then they're this, it makes them feel stronger. And then, then that's also a self-fulfilling trap to not allowing them to to forgive. What are your thoughts on that? A thousand percent. So I, I carried more anger. I didn't know that I could be a rageful person until I went through this. I mean, I'm talking raging. It was pretty pretty amazing. Actually, I'm not even going to say bad. It was pretty amazing that I could go to that depth of rage. And I remember a couple of times, I mean, I was out on the paddleboard and I started taking, like I was four miles offshore and I took my paddle and I was just like throwing it onto the ocean. And I kept thinking to myself in my head, if this paddle breaks, you're screwed. Like you can't get back in. And my heart was like, I don't really give a shit. Don't really give a shit. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that the rage and the anger can be our greatest foundation to then choose to get out of it. Right. But that's where the choice lands. And that that's also if we go back to that comfort zone piece, that's that choice of where you're standing right on the edge. You know what? Let me let me share this. So I was hiking in Sequoia National Park and I talk about this in my book. And actually, I talked about it in my TED talk. I was hiking in Sequoia National Park and one of the guys I was hiking with kept putting rocks in my pack. I would go to go to the bathroom and I'd come back and I'd put my pack on and we'd go a couple miles. And then I would reach in for something in my pack and I found like literally like boulders kind Mm. of like. And I was pulling him out. And I'm like, dude, this is so not funny. And then it took me, we, we just kept hiking, kept hiking. And there was this little path that took me onto this ledge. And it's actually, it's the cover in my Facebook page that I will never take off. And I decided to go and, and, and walk up to this ledge on top of this rock. And I looked out and that was my moment of clarity. That was my moment of, I don't have to stay in this anymore. My husband is do is, has been working through his own thing. I'm working through my own thing. It's time we get a divorce and I move on. The reason I bring the anger up is because I was pissed at this guy for throwing rocks into my pack. And it took me when I hit that ledge, I realized I've literally been carrying my husband's stuff subconsciously, not realizing it all of those years. And I was having to pull stuff out of my pack and I'm using metaphorically of life and setting it down. And then all of a sudden I'm standing up there and I'm feeling super light and free. And I'm like, this is what I want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be carrying all of this anger. However, you have to walk through the anger to get to peace. And it's that choice right on the edge of that comfort zone where you can say, do I want to stay here or do I want to take this leap of faith and trust myself enough to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to walk over and out of this comfort zone into complete something I've never experienced before. Because divorce is scary. I don't care who you're divorcing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to divorce him, right? Like people say, well, you had to. I, I, We have all choice in life. I didn't have to. And it was scary for me. You know, I'm curious on this is um, it, we all have these people in our lives that that really struggle with forgiveness and anger and because two kind of go hand in hand. When you can't forgive, you, you tend to resent and be angry. There are Scenarios where people put themselves in a toxic environment or a a struggling environment that for some reason can forgive their environment, not hold the people within that environment accountable, but manifest their anger towards others and are very unforgiving. What is that dynamic? 
You know what I'm talking about? So maybe one of your friends has a, a, a spouse that's horrible, horrible to them, but they're able uh, to forget and it makes them angry and upset and hurt and mad. And they take that and they, they're so easily triggered and projected out in other relationships, but they will never once hold what's causing all of that turmoil within them accountable. They forgive right. them. Right. That's a lot of layers right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of layers to unpack. You well, got, you you got know, two hours. <laughs> you got two hours. <laughs> I totally, totally do. Well, so here's the thing is that everything in this world starts with self. Right. Period. Everything. And, you know, I think that we, I know I, being 47, I was raised that being, um, that I was supposed to be selfless before. And, and if you're not selfless, then you're being selfish. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, right. Raise the hands mm-hmm. on that one. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing is that, and it, I, the one of the biggest lessons also that I learned through all of this, that I, that I also guide my clients through is every single thing in this world starts with self, self-love, self-worthiness, self-dedication, self-courage, self-forgiveness, which is, by the way, something that we never talked about as society until real recently. And if we're not looking at our own choices, our own individual selves first, we are not, we're not, we're not able to even make uh, clarity decisions beyond that. We can't. So projecting out onto somebody else is simply the case of, I'm not doing the work internally with me first forget about the husband that's also abusing you, right? Like it's, it starts here. It starts with our heart, not even the husband that's abusing you. It starts with your own self. Like what's going on within you that, you know, your worthiness or your self-love or something, where's the pain stemming from within you? Usually it's patterns of families, your, your, your family patterns from the past. Typically, that's where it starts. Um, And it may not even be within your own family pattern. It might be the family pattern that actually preceded that one, right? Because we hold traumas in ourselves. And our traumas in ourselves actually will come down through generations, and it will actually stay within you. So that's why I'm saying it's a lot to unpack. But that's also why when I wrote the book, I always say every single thing starts with self. Um, and dive into who you are first. And then when you get to step seven in my book, which is forgiveness, we start with self-forgiveness first. We don't start with the other person. You have to learn to forgive yourself first before you can give your energy and step into forgiving somebody else. And then we go into forgiveness for the world because we also, this world needs a lot of forgiveness. Yes. Yes. They need a lot. It needs a lot of forgiveness. You know, I know one of the things that you talk about a lot with, um, I was on your Instagram, by the way, and your, and your website and it's, they're all, they're both amazing. So definitely check those out. We'll talk about that more later, but you talk about a lot about self-care and Mm. just how self-care is, you know, kind of key. What are some tips and things that you have for everybody as far as daily self-care? So that should be a daily practice period point none, like just do it, just, just make it in your day. We have 24 hours in a day, find even just 15 minutes. Um, Self-care can be everything from, you know, well, I always say, if you can go out in nature, do that because just five minutes a day in nature will start to shift your mind and heal your body. Um, Awe and wonder is the awe mainly is the number one sensation that will help to lessen PTSD symptoms by 29%, mind you, if anybody did not know that, it's pretty key. Um, So just getting outside is huge and just giving yourself some time to breathe. Um, and then meditation is huge. I meditate a lot in nature. I take time every single, I was on the water today. I, you know, happened to have an hour and instead of filling it with all my big to-do list, I was like, forget it. I'm out. I'm going to go on the water for an hour. I think that, you know, self-care is one of the most selfless things that you can do because it actually, well, a couple of things, it ripples out into your world. Like, Mm -hmm. let's face it. You're a happier, healthier human being. It also gives permission to those around you to do the same which is really good because then they're going to be happier and healthier and they're going to, right. They're going to interact differently with you. So I think that's really key is setting that tone because I think we live in this, our world has gotten so, uh, I have to answer, I have to respond. I have to do this. I have to do that. And, and then when we do take time for ourselves, when you said going out in nature, 
first thing, pop in a podcast and listen to the podcast while I'm walking my dog or while I'm outside. I don't think we ever like, un, we need to unplug to really tap into that. And, and, and we've gotten, I can speak for myself, very um, habitual in filling that space where I could have opportunities to self-care with just five minutes of, of nature, but I'm plugging it with something else at the same time. So I'm going to give you guys all a challenge. Can I give you a challenge? Can I give your listeners? A yes. Challenge? Yes. Oh, okay. So I started doing this four years ago. Um, I, well, actually five years ago was when I first started it. I decided I was going to take, no, you don't have to go this extreme, go, go do to whatever extreme works for you. I decided to go do what scared me most, which was camping in the backcountry for two nights. And so I did that and I did it. And I was like, wow, I ended up, didn't have a clue where we were going to end up going. And we ended up camping on top of El Capitan. I didn't even know we were going to El Capitan. Oh it's just like the trail took us there. Right. Wow. And we camped on top of El Capitan in January, just myself and a friend. It was amazing. So every year I make a challenge of what do I, what am I going to do this year? So it's usually seven days in a backcountry, eight days in a backcountry. Last year I did the John Muir Trail. This year I'm doing the High Sierra Trail for eight days. I use this as my retreat from the world. So whatever works for you to retreat from the world, go do that. So if that means going to, you know, just going to a spa for a couple of days, or if that means going to a cabin and just like decompressing, go do that. Just get out, just go do something for you, something that is really exciting to you, but is also a little bit scary because that's where we actually find that much more of who we are as well. When we're scared of doing something, when we find it a little bit fearful, our fearfulness turns into where we're, where, where we feel afraid, it turns into excitement. And through that excitement, right, we learn to do something new. So, and that's where we grow. I love that. I do too. Okay, girls, we got to come up with our thing. Yeah, we do. You know, it's it's interesting because this whole forgiving ourselves is, is and taking the time, this is fascinating because I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but a lot of times when we do do the self-care or we do take the time, we feel the need to explain it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And we have, the, we don't have, we, and then we, and then we feel guilty, like, oh God, I took an hour and, and I did this. And, but I think as we get older, we start to be more accepting of ourselves that way. Yeah. You know, we're like, hey, I need this. And and I've, you know, I've, I talk to my kids now, like, hey, listen, you know, I, I need to do this because otherwise I'm I'm not going to be a good mom right now. If I don't go do this and take care of myself, I, you know, I got I to gotta get a couple miles in on the treadmill or I got to go walking with my friends or whatever it is. So I do think we forgive ourselves more for those times, but we should never have to, right? We should never have to. That should just be granted permission into your lifestyle. My kids actually look at me now and they say, Hey mom, you need to go on the water. They actually tell me you're getting a little cranky. You got to go in the water. That's great. <laughs> well, yeah. the, and there's a level of clarity that, you know, when you're in something like nature, they talk a lot about nature with mental health and being yeah. able to just really absorb nature and how you're feeling and just even ideas that come up and things that you want to do. I think sometimes like you were saying, Lisa, when we go for walks or we do things and we're listening to a podcast, we're not really getting in touch with where mm-hmm. we even are that day mentally and just what we want our life to look like. So, well, mm-hmm. Shannon doesn't have dogs, but if you have dogs, let's put, let's, put, let's make this simple. You have dogs and you get out that leash to get them out in nature. Like there it's, it's euphoria, right? Like, yeah. so that just goes, we should mm-hmm. all be like that, right? <laughs> yes. all be like that. Yes. We should all be like that. And you know, it's interesting. If you ever watch a dog, when they get traumatized, what do they do? They shake, right? And so yeah. our trauma actually sits in our cells. They're shaking to get the trauma out and we need to move our bodies to do the same thing. So that's wow. I love that too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So let's talk about your nature and how your program and how nature you help people heal through nature. Tell us about it. Yeah. So I, well, so the Grand Canyon became one of my places to go to when I was in trauma recovery, when I was healing. Um, And so I was sitting on my paddle board with a friend when he asked me, well, what do you want to do with all this? I'm like, I want to start guiding people in nature. He goes, well, then go do it. And I was literally like, okay, (laughs) that's all my best ideas have happened when I've been outside, by the way. Um, but I guide men and women on retreats, healing retreats, 
it's, I think that one of the most, the other important things to, to, to really dive into when you are um, looking to heal is to find community. And so we create this community. There's 10 of us total. It's myself, another guide, and then eight other clients. It's a nice, small, intimate community, typically very eclectic, which is awesome because through our differences, we find so many similarities. We realize that we are so much more alike than what any of us even realize. It's the coolest thing. People truly open up. um, And we... I take them down into the Grand Canyon and we spend at least two or three nights uh, down at the bottom. We do everything from coaching on the trail to um, meditating. Um, we sometimes do breath, breath work. Um, we adventure. I would say bring the child like with the child within you up to play because we learn so much through play. Even as adults, we don't realize that. I do. <laughs> do, you, do you realize that? I love it. Well, because like as children, we're not afraid to fail and we experience stuff differently and we adventure and from our hearts and not our heads. And as adults, we need to learn how to do that more. And really that's what I do is I take people into their hearts and um, we're such a mindset society and we overthink everything. And we think that we have to fix quote unquote our head, which is such baloney. There's nothing to fix. It's just like, let's drop into our heart and really heal that and start there. And, um, yeah. And then we, we climb out and we are, we've literally like gone through this transformational experience, mind, body, soul, spirit. That's the foundation for what we step into. It's, it is such a beautiful process. And I have seen so many people make the biggest life-changing decisions and, and literally transform their life on the trail. It's so cool. What's your, what we do do coaching with it too. So we do coaching before and we do coaching after. So it's very different than like, an REI trip or something like that. We, we like, they're ready and prepared to go down in by the time they get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, into self, but also into the Canyon. Right. So what, what's, so what is the typical client? Is it someone that's been through something significant or someone that's struggling with something? Across the board. Yeah. Across, uh, this last trip, I had a 16 year old um, boy um, who was like, I will never uh, not use my voice. And um, when it comes to judgment, if people want to judge me, whatever, this is my story. It was the coolest thing to witness what came from within him. Um, so I've had everything from 16 year olds, men, 17 year old women to 72 year old women who, by the way, beat out our entire group by two hours. Wow. <laughs> well, wow. I know. So I've had, it, it's across the board and it's people who have gone through things and people who have not, who just simply want to show up and look at different parts of their life. I mean, I've had grief where they've lost loved ones um, all the way to, you know, again, like somebody's just like, I just really, I, I want to experience something different and mm. this sounds really cool. And I want to meet new people. And I'm like, okay, awesome. How so, often do you do those uh, retreats a year? Um, so usually between three and four a year. Okay. And yeah, yeah, usually between three and four a year and they're filling up, which is awesome. So my, all of them have filled up. Yeah. Cause everyone up. wants to get out of their house and, and they're crazy. So, yeah. and, you know, I mean, and the thing is, well, in October, we're now filling October of 2021. The thing is, is that I was running these through COVID. I did not run my April of 2020 because everything was shut down, including the Grand Canyon, but July we ran ours and it was it was totally fine. We had the most amazing experience. I was down there over Christmas in January. We just got out in April. We go again in June. And it's been awesome. It, to me, it's a really cool testament to what we're ready for in this world. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like a major reset of whatever you're going through. You have other programs too. I do. I do. I have an online program called The Trail, um, and that's all online. So we have people from Canada all across the United States that have been joining that. And I bring in experts every month. We tackle something different. And so we have a guest expert, and then I come on and I do a live training, and then we do a group coaching as well. And it's support 24, you know, throughout the throughout the year, 20, well, 24 seven, you know, we're always there for one another, but it's really, it's been real. That's been a really fun program to, to do. And then we we're launching a lot of stuff right now. We're launching a clothing line and apparel line. That's all quotes that have helped me through my trauma healing in the last seven years onto uh, clothing that people can wear as a, as a self reminder. And we launched a bracelet with um, be kind to humankind. It's a division of my St. My hero. Um, And it's seven stones of forgiveness. And the stones are there's earth 
stone, earth colored stones and then for mother earth. And then the blue is for the water and you meditate, you take it out into nature or do it inside and you literally meditate and, and say your affirmations. There's seven affirmations that lead you to forgiveness um, with the, uh, on every blue stone. And it's, it's to me, that's like, this is like a baby project for me because it, they're actually strong in Uganda by women and they mm. give back to education there. And so it's been really fun to, to think that we're helping people even in a, another country. Right. And so right. Yeah. it's been really cool. Well, yeah. it's, it's amazing to see how many layers of this that you have, you know, to your brand mm-hmm. of love life, live boldly and the things that you've done and all the new projects. That's really inspiring. Okay. Can you just tell us a little bit about your red shoes? I love the story. Oh, thank you for yes. asking. I was like, I was going to say that's okay. my next question. Okay, sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I just, red shoes happen because I started doing this at 42, 43, when I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to be a wilderness guide. And, and truth be known, I did not expect all of this. Like, I didn't know I was going to be, I had visions, like even like filming in the Grand Canyon on this documentary. I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool someday. And I didn't realize that all of these steps were leading actually to it. When I decided to go back and be a wilderness guide, I had a lot of people questioning me. Like you're a woman and you're doing what? And you're starting over doing, huh? Cause I was like, like I was the mom who, who held all the parties in the kickball tournaments. Mm. I wasn't known for any of this. So when I like came out in this way, I was getting questioned a lot. And I was also questioned in my marriage because people thought I, as awful as this sounds married for money, which I was like, what, um, that I like, were you really woman enough? Truly? This is some of the stuff that people would ask. Yeah. And it hurt really bad. I mean, it, it really was painful hearing some of the things that people would say. And so because of all of the questioning, I was running on the green belt one day and I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm taking a pair of red heels to the summit. And it was Mount Baldy to Mount Baldy. And I'm going to put these things on. I'm going to take a picture because women do not have to be put in a box. I don't have to be put in a box. I am not the product of all of these things that have happened to me that I didn't ask for. And love, you know, red represents love, passion, um, strength. And so I put my red heels on and I took a picture and it went crazy. And so now I carry them everywhere I go. I literally took them for the 22 days on the trail on the John Muir trail. And um, (laughs) I took the most epic shots on the passes when I was hiking over these passes. And it was for me, it's this constant reminder of who I am as well. And that, you know, there's like all different sides to all of us. And we don't, we don't have to just honor one side, honor them all. Why not? Why not? Why not? Amen to that. Why not? Well, we have, and you know, because behind the scenes, we talked about this, a 30-day She's a 10 challenge we're going to take on with hopefully a lot of our listeners. And one of those is going to be yours. And it's going to be our 30th. It's it's our grand finale challenge. And can you tell everyone what you have in store for us? Okay. So let's go back to Mount Baldy. Like that only makes sense, right? Like that's where all of this started. And I've done this many times. And it's one of my most epic things to do is to climb through the night, hike through the night, and then to watch the sunrise on the summit. If you've never watched like, okay, can we just like get emotional for a second? If you've never (laughs) watched the sunrise on a summit, it is one of the most beautiful things that you can witness. It's literally have you guys watched? No, I, I no, no, no. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's like you climb up there in the dark and it's hard and you see the stars or the moon. And then you look to the left and you can see the city lights and you realize everybody else is asleep, but you, and you just keep climbing up and then you get to the top and you make coffee and you watch the sunrise. Oh, it sounds epic. And then you come down. Yeah, it's epic. It's really epic. So that's that's what I would love to do. We're doing it, We're baby. Doing it. Why not? And so if you're, why not? Why, why not? not? And if you're listening out there, if you want to participate. You got you to gotta get a hold of us. But we're going to get a group of um, ladies that want to take this challenge and we're going to we're going to tackle it. Yeah? Let's tackle it. I, I am it. I am I am there and I've got people to walk beside us the entire way. So and you will have your red it. shoes. I'm gonna bring um, my. I will I'll bring, bring every pair of red shoes that <laughs> I have. Yes. And, I about, and I seriously think we should. Actually, this just we should. I'll bring yeah. all of my red shoes that I've ever taken on trails, and we'll put them 
all on. I love it. You know, as many as we can. And then we'll just. Can we do high kicks too? <laughs> depends, on, <laughs> depends on how skinny put, the summit is. Our, yeah. Put on our uh, heels and then do high kicks and like, oh, like a chorus absolutely. line. Yes. Do whatever we want. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, gosh, this has just been so inspiring. Sarah, you have such a story and what you've done with your story um, just seriously is just so inspiring. Yeah. I, keep, I feel like I'm saying the same words over and over. But well, And how you've helped so many yeah, people. Yeah, just helped so many people. And how you keep just building the brand of, of helping, you know, just even with the bracelets and now the clothing line with inspirational sayings and the different coaching in the Grand Canyon and her book. You guys walk through this. Um, harness the healing power of nature and travel the road to forgiveness. We all need to read that. I've started. I love it. But I don't know if you know this, Sarah, but in the ending of our podcast, we have a Lowe's lightning round and none of us know what's going to come from this. So we're going to. Right. So here we go. Okay. okay. All right. So the, the, I had a little fun with this. I, I always have fun with this. This is like the self-indulgent part of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has fun with it, but um, okay. So I thought I'd kind of tailor this to if you're out on a hike or trail. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> if a, if a ba- this is my favorite one, actually. If a bear is chasing you, does that mean you have a bear behind <laughs> but I'm fine. I supposed to answer this? <laughs> no, no. no See, she she's fully entertained by these. Okay. By the way, okay. that was just to kind of lighten it up. Now we get into the questions. Okay, okay. what what is your response to? I don't have Wi-Fi or cell service here. Do you get that a lot? Oh, when I'm in the canyon. Yeah, when you're hiking or you're on out on the trail. How many times do you get that? I literally like I just you're not supposed to. Let's not. Yes. Do you get you. people ask you that even though you've probably prepped them for the whole month oh, leading in? Of course. In? Oh my gosh. I have people try to turn their phone on and I'm like, um, no, there is a rule to this. You do not turn your phone on. Right. So so I got a good one. So I I saw this in a meme. The response, you're about to get better connection. You're, yes, I actually. So here's the thing is that I knew it, that's the other thing that I. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> right. You're getting more connected with self. Yes. Yes. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I just see. I did how I teed that up for you. That was okay. great. Most awkward bathroom moment. <laughs> out on, on one trail. of these deals. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a few. <laughs> well, do, do you need to fireball to answer that question? Yeah. Can this be mine, actually? Can this be mine? Sure. Most awkward, most awkward bathroom moment. So my first trip into the Grand Canyon, I had a severe um, stomach something, something happening. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and let's just say that I was with a group and it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Did you make and- it to the potty? No, there I didn't. Is, oh, there's no potty on the trail, right? <laughs> Here, here's the thing that's actually more interesting about this than anything. I remember hiking out of the canyon and going, because I literally lost like, I don't know, seven pounds on that trip. It was 120 degrees. Um, actually had my period at the same time and had this, stu- this stomach mm. issue. It was horrendous. My very first trip down in. And I remember hiking out and thinking, I will never do this again. And then I got to the top and I'm like, well, that was amazing. It's like you forgot all you're, of those You're details. coming back, but did any repeat customers or clients from that <laughs> no, no, one? No, no, that was, that was when I used to hike with my uncle. And oh, gotcha. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Thank goodness. Okay. I'm going to give you the destination and you're going to tell okay. me how to get there. <laughs> all right. Okay. And it doesn't have to be my foot. Like, so. Like, think outside the box. You'll get, you'll get it after a few. Okay. 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 Georgia. How to get there? Yeah. Midnight train. Oh. Midnight train to Georgia. Okay. Okay. Stay stay with me, babe. Okay. Okay. Clarksville. Wait, what? Clarksville. I don't have a clue. Last train. It's the last train to Clarksville. Come on, are you, get, are, you, are you getting the theme? Oh, it's by the monkeys. The, here's oh, the thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I will be very honest. I don't listen to a ton of music. Okay. Well, you're going to fail. This is an epic fail for but you. I keep doing this. <laughs> this is an epic fail. Okay. okay. One of these you're going to have to get. Okay. okay. I will totally get one. Heaven. Oh, um, <laughs> um, I do know this one. 
starts with an S. <laughs> buying oh. the stairway I, I should totally <laughs> to the trail, it's the it's the what is it? Uh, stairway to heaven. Stairway to heaven. Thank Led you. Led Zeppelin. Oh, oh shame on shame I on you. I actually did know that one. Okay. Yeah. Hell bells. No. <laughs> and it's not on a bike with Lori. Okay. <laughs> Highway. ACDC highway to hell. Okay. All right. This is your, this is your last one. You got, you got to nail this, hit it out of the park. Hotel California. Oh, how to get there. Yeah. Um, do you need to Google it? Cause you got to get one, right? How do I, uh, well, I I knew. Okay. On a dark desert highway. On a dark. Okay. Okay, I'm just, this is like way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> we needed nature questions yeah. for Sarah. <laughs> okay, okay. So Sarah, remind us oh, where geez. we can find you. You can find me, um, well, if I'm not on a peak uh, or with my children <laughs> <laughs> or on the ocean. Um, my Instagram is Sarah Shulton Kranz. Uh, Facebook is Sarah Shelton Kranz or live boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. Um, my website is Sarah Shelton You can subscribe to my newsletter if you'd like to. And uh, I do send out some pretty good stuff. I must say, cause I like to write. And then my podcast is under there. If you want to watch any of the film clips, that's uh walkthroughthis.com. I think that's it. That's a lot. That's a lot of places. And, and, that's a lot. And Shannon and I did, and Lisa's on her way to do it. We did get the meditate. We enrolled for your good. meditation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Good, good, good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. If uh, you have the book, go in and and actually download all of the meditations from, and it's actually under the My Book tab. Download them to your phone, use them out in nature, download them to your computer, whatever you want. Um, there's one set with nature sounds and one set without. And I did record them myself. So nice. awesome. oh, I'm excited to check those mm-hmm. out. Well, I this has been amazing. I know. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, thank you for having me on. You three are awesome. This was a lot. I got a lot out of this. This was great. Good. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much, Sarah. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five and click on the link on our bio to listen. You can also listen to she's a 10 times five on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.